I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to another edition of Alice McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. And you know what time of the week is. You know what day it is. The hot take machine, the hot take queen herself, Jeff Gates is here. And I'm going to assume she's on top form because what a finish we saw. AEW. Oh my gosh. Alex, I was up till 6 a.m. cooling down after that beach break. That was so... We'll get into it, but that was one of the most exciting things I've seen in wrestling in a long time. Cooling down with some White Claw? I was drinking White Claw before the show, indeed. £2.50 a can in the UK. It's wobbly, but it tastes good. <laughs> when are they going to give you the sponsorship? That's what I want to know. I know, I know. Imagine. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so thank you again for joining us, guys. Uh, here we are, me and Steph Chase for the first time just on the wrestling daily new channel here we are in our new home so thank you so much guys for joining us we've got a lot to get into the wednesday night wars as usual there's a lot of stuff going on in terms of AEW and their direction nxt as well with edge showing up what does it mean where are we going we're going to get into all of that but as you know as well when Steph Chase is in the building you must get your ultra chats in it says uh Send your messages and questions. Get them to WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. And the lovely mods will fire us over the goods. And lest we forget, you can be a mod, should you desire, if you want to be a part of the Wrestling Daily family. Uh, all you have to do is get in touch with support at WrestleTalk.com. So there you have it. If you want to be involved, either way, helping us get the messages or giving us the messages... <laughs> Give us the messages, all right? So, um, without further ado, Steph Chase, let's get into mm-hmm. last night. Now, I liked, we like to go through both shows, and we typically start with AEW just because. But yeah. uh, I feel like we should start at the top because of all the significance of it and what the title of the video is today, the potential working relationship with New Japan and uh, AEW, which seems to now be in full flow with the entrance of Kenta. It's so, so exciting. I mean, this is something that fans of AEW and fans of New Japan have been waiting for since the very beginning. And for a while, it just seemed like it wasn't going to happen. And now it looks as if everything's in motion and Kenta turning up on Dynamite was just huge you know before the show I was 
I, I was hesitant to even, you know, people were asking me, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think there's going to be a huge ending, a huge surprise? And I really felt like something was going to go down, but I was so like hesitant to say Kenta's coming because it just seems so huge and, you know, almost unbelievable. And then when he turned up double masked, it was just, you know, it was so awesome. And there's so much um, potential of what can happen in the world of wrestling now, because we've got the impact relationship, we've got the NWA relationship, but now the new Japan relationship, it feels like it's, the world of wrestling taking on WWE united and together. And it's, it's so exciting. Yeah. It's, it's like the reversal of when Vince disbanded everyone back in the day. Yeah. Now, now everyone is going actually like last night to think that AEW played home to NWA impact mm -hmm. and new Japan. Like that, yeah. that's got to be historic in its own right. It's the significance there is huge. Uh, I think, mm -hmm. Obviously, like just to give people some context to um, the the moment here, the main event was Moxley, Puck, and Phoenix taking on the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega, and uh, of course, this is at the end where Kenta comes out, as Steph alludes to, takes off the double mask, and there we have it—the first New Japan star to break ground mm -hmm. AEW, as opposed to, of course, we've already had the Moxley teases for him coming back to New Japan. Um, that was shown, obviously, at Wrestle Kingdom. And important context as well, Kenta holds the briefcase, Steph. Yeah, and he's held that briefcase for a long time, it feels like. <laughs> you know, it got to it <laughs> Yeah, it got to the point where you just like give the man the belt, but now you know he's finally gonna get to um actually cash in that briefcase and wow, and you know, wrestle on AEW and Moxie's wrestling on New Japan Strong. It's it's amazing. Uh, it's great. I hope Kent is the first of many New Japan wrestlers that we, we see come over. He is like the easiest to get because he lives in Florida, but yeah. you know. Yeah, but it's, like you said, it's not going to be obviously in different times. I think, Yeah, you know, it opens up different possibilities, but having said that, the angle works for both of them, right? Moxley mm -hmm. is obviously holding Japan gold on AEW TV. If you want to plug... Kenta into that for New Japan. He's already there, so why wouldn't yeah. you? Why wouldn't you plug him in? Like it, it, mm -hmm. it works for you both ways. Um, I just have to point this out. Russell's go. Oh my God, Steph looks stunning today. There you go. Thank you, thank you. That is what a good night's not sleep, but um, a good night of excitement will do for you. I have the glow of a New Japan AEW relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must say, uh, when you came on the stream, I was like, oh, I'm like almost getting summer vibes from Steph. Like, going on here? <laughs> well, I, mean, I was just at a, a beach break, you know, so. <laughs> there you have it. Fool on me for not connecting those dots. Uh, let, let's talk about what we want to see from this because Dave Meltzer has come out and said it's official. He's like the partnership yeah. is on Tony Khan. They have an open dialogue and it's believing that the last guy for new Japan uh, stepping aside has paved the way to make this relationship work. Um, so Steph talk to us. I think it goes without saying that a lot of people are thinking Kota and Kenny at some point that yeah. really, if that's not the end goal, then what the hell are we doing here? Um, yeah. like, you know, if it's a possibility, then surely you do it, but um, give us some other kind of exciting takes and, and what you think this will do because of course, new Japan as well, they are launching shows in the UK and US weekly. So mm -hmm. it's very important. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's very interesting that this happened last night and then today we find out what the New Japan, UK, US, Canada TV deal is that they'll be doing a one hour weekly show in Roku. So all the kind of groundwork that they've laid over in the English speaking territories seems to be really um you know, coming to fruition with this show. Um, so that was like, the best time you could possibly announce it when everyone's talking about New Japan anyway. But I like my fantasy booking is Kenny, you know, is obviously just being a really evil person right now and he's hanging out with the wrong crowd. So my fantasy booking is that Coda saves him um, probably about a year down the line um, with a match. You know, it's Coda that brings him back to the good side. But there are so many like potentially great matches you can do. I don't know why last night, but I was thinking <laughs> I would love to see Wardlow fight Minoru Suzuki so much. Wow. <laughs> I would love that so much obviously i want um i would love a jay white to face absolutely anyone um just for me personally jay white yeah. versus chris jericho is like my, my oh. ultimate if, if anyone asks me what one match do you want to happen in the world it's jay white versus chris jericho but you know jay white could work with anyone on on the aw roster um it'd be great but yeah like okada tanahashi there's so many just great workers, Shingo, that could come over and just, you know, really give us the best wrestling possible. Like, I'm thinking too, like, Will Ospreay and Pac, you know, yeah. like, that Pac and Will Ospreay, yeah. like, geez. I know they've done it on, like, in Britain before, but on, like, a big yeah. stage and, like, with time, mm -hmm. it'd be incredible. Mm -hmm. There's just, yeah, there's so many possibilities. I I'd love to see like an Osprey and Jungle Boy. Yeah. I think that would be so great. Uh, yeah. You know, there's just so so many different ways that um, young AEW guys can get elevated, and then guys that are more established in AEW, such as you know Jericho that's gone over to Japan before, or a Moxley can help bring eyes on some of the great people in Japan that North American audiences don't necessarily know. I I have to wonder as well, like God. Um, yeah, you know a lot of what's kind of going on on Twitter at the moment, and I'm sure it is just that Twitter, you know, weekend yeah. that, that stuff. Uh, but it's like mm -hmm. the divide in the Bullet Club, where it's like, well, we actually are the Bullet Club, and mm -hmm. then, and then now this formation in AEW. Do you think that they touch upon that? That there's a bit of a cross there? Yeah, I think that there's there's kind of been lots of interesting things happening in Bullet Club in Japan anyway. With when Evil joined Bullet Club and that kind of created a situation with evil you know seeming like the leader and jay's meant to be the leader so there seems to be almost a bullet club divide there and kenta very seem much seemed to be on the side of uh, jay during that and then we have this bullet club on aw which they're calling bullet club so there is a huge inner bullet club thing that you could even do as well like you know, the history of of bullet club and the changes of bullet club and all those kind of situations is something that you can literally write a book on. And one one day I hope that Finn Balor gives me the ultimate shoot interview where he talks about like how things went down, him not having the rights to Bullet Club, how he truly felt watching all of this. Like <laughs> that's something I think about a lot. <laughs>
or bad <laughs> that I once that I once like semi tried to ask him, but he couldn't. I, I don't think he could totally give everything away. Like basically asking him, "How do you feel not having the rights to Bullet Club when it's so massive?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, I've intermittently tried to ask guys in WWE about that. Like you know what I mean? Like when AJ Styles yeah. been there and Finn, mm-hmm. like just general stuff like around that area, and you just know that they can't. You know, like yeah. I said, we're gonna have to wait for. Uh, I'm sure Conrad Thompson will get them <laughs> yeah. so, you know, it'll be conrad that gets it oh <laughs> uh, yeah bloody hell like man I, Kurt, Kurt angle by the way what a get that is i can't wait to get stuck into that but yeah anyway that that is where we're at with that i mean obviously we've we're only a month removed from wrestle kingdom so there is so much time before we even get to like the G1, for instance or anything like that where this can really manifest and grow uh, yeah. I, I, I don't. I, I, like, <laughs> I always feel like you know, in your mind, where you think, "Oh, we could do this, this, and this," and it's basically just like, like you could just do a crossover pay per view. That'd be amazing if they did. That, that would be so good. I think that would be a really, really good step because it would allow both companies to focus on their own things and then just have this one huge event like wrestlemania caliber that where yeah. they can you know bring it all together and do almost like one-off like ultimate fantasy thing thing that we all wanted when there was wwf and wcw you know that crossover yeah exactly do it like once a year you could have that mm-hmm. maybe like an annual thing uh, and then maybe the actual crossovers onto the shows aren't as heavy and you kind yeah. of you know mm-hmm. yeah, you can still do it right but like you save mm-hmm. it maybe for for the big show uh, I, and you think about the Madison Square Garden Ring of Honor New Japan show, like I don't know. You know uh, I, don't... I was there. Yeah, right. I was there for that. Wow. I mean, that, I mean, like, you think about that, but with AEW and the talent they've got, <laughs> that would be like that would be a totally different show because that was the show where everyone was like, that was great, except for the Ring of Honor bits. And you know, like, <laughs> no offense to guys working for Ring of Honor, but there was some dodgy decisions made on the ring of honor side that really took away from (laughs) that was a very dodgy decision that kind of took away from what from what new japan was doing and and that actually felt like two completely different audiences having to sit together like if you were actually there you could tell who were the ring of honor people and who were the um new japan people it felt very much like a more of an uneasy marriage whereas this i think that the people that would enjoy aw are the people that would enjoy new japan and, and vice versa and it could be a much happier marriage yeah and, and that's the thing when, when ring of honor actually i think uh, i think i think i'm right saying this when the, the show was actually announced ring of honor still had like the bucks and cody and people yeah like that. they did so, you know yeah. it was much more attractive at that point uh you know yeah yeah, they had, they still had Kenny, and I think that what they wanted was Kenny Okada, and it ended up that Jay White took his spot, which was great for me. I mean, I booked sure. my plane ticket. I booked my ticket to New York the day Jay White got that match, but for a lot of other people, it was worse Omega, though. <laughs> people that had already bought their tickets were wondering where Omega was. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I think I might have been in New what, what was the date of that? It was summer, wasn't it? uh yeah was it august no august is the london show gosh i can't remember when that show was i'm gonna do it now because i feel like i was in the place but i was at a wwe show so maybe it was a mania weekend i don't know yes it yes it was mania weekend 
It was Mania Weekend. Yeah. Where, it was. Uh, where, so it was New on. York, Mania Weekend. 2019. Oh, yeah. There you yeah. Because I, I feel like yeah. you had to choose. Like, uh, maybe it was NXT mm -hmm. on that same night. Yeah, it was NXT that now it's all coming back to me. It was That's Mania Weekend. Uh, most people I met were going to Mania. I was doing all these like New Japan fan events. And yeah, and I remember it was same night as NXT because afterwards, um, no, actually the night before was NXT. I don't know what, it, that was the Hall of Fame night, actually. They went up against ah, the Hall of Fame. There you go. Yes. Uh -huh. oh, uh, by the way, uh, yay, Steph Club. There you go, Steph Club. That's a staff club. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Ain't <laughs> no party like a Steph Chase party. And the day after Madison Square Garden, there was a Bullet Club block party that I also went to. <laughs> Do you know what? Like uh, Steph Club, that reminds me of uh, Kenta's shirt last night, which I richly enjoyed. Yeah. Not, yeah. That, he, not that he was wearing He wasn't wearing a Steph Club shirt, but. Uh, <laughs> Kenta Club. He is wearing a go to Steph Club shirt. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was. Um, that's how I, I read it. I, I, I suppose we should probably talk about the show um, <laughs> now that we've we've dived into that news. Let, let's uh, start with the Battle Royal because that started the show. Uh, it, it obviously continues the MJF Jericho story. It now seems yeah. that they will earn a shot at the Bucks on March 7th. Um, I mean, is that where it implodes, Steph? I'm not sure if that's where it implodes. I was thinking about this today, and I feel like I can actually imagine um, Jericho and MJF taking those titles off the Bucks just to free up the Bucks to do Good Brothers yeah. Impact stuff, you know. Um, and I think that Jericho really does... I need like a title on him and I think that the tag team title is perfect for him with MJF but I felt last night you know after the match and then after the little backstage moment that MJF seemed like he was getting ready not just to oust Sammy but I feel like he might have been talking bad about Jericho too when Jericho left I think his his ultimate plan is to get rid of Jericho yeah. while keeping him close but, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's the thing, like, with these two, uh, we all, we feared a little bit that it was going to end too soon because they had the tension yeah. so early and all that stuff. But I think Jericho has always been such a big proponent of the long-term story. You have to imagine he's already got it mapped out what he really wants to do. So I could well yeah. imagine him taking the tag titles and making that another chapter and leading us on for a few more months yet. But I do think the ultimate thing here will be and whether it's in a circle disbanded or not, it will be MJF like usurping yeah. Jericho, and Jericho will go on this babyface run, which I think would actually be very welcome. Yeah, and Sammy as well. I I feel like Sammy, he's he's been the guy that um you know has uh, he is <laughs> the Spanish god. That's an amazing T-shirt. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I love it. Uh, he's been the guy that's been not afraid to stand up to Jericho and it's caused him tension with Jericho. But in the end, I think he might be the person that Jericho forgives once this all implodes and it will be a Jericho, Sammy being baby faces against the rest of the inner circle. Which would be make... a sex god reunion. <laughs> yes, yeah. But that would make the world of sense to me too. Like mm -hmm. if, if I actually had to divvy up the inner circle... And talk about, you know, where they're going to go after. That is probably exactly yeah. how I would break it. I'd go, okay, those two would be great baby faces. 
But, you know, I, I still, I don't know, Sammy works great as a heel, like, because he's just like this smug, arrogant little twerp. But um, at the same time, he's so good that I think he yeah. could definitely, he could, do you know what I mean? People would definitely get behind a baby face yeah. run there. Uh, elsewhere on AEW, uh, what did we have? We had, well, we had Darby Allen and Sting. We'll quickly touch on that before we get to Thunder Rosa and uh, Britt mm-hmm. Baker. So for Sting and Darby Allen, essentially it was just another segment, right? Where yeah. they were hyping towards March 7th, which is where they will have their street fight. Um, mm-hmm. Steph, you, I know you've been loving the journey thus far. Did you see this as another interesting uh, installment? Um, I, I wouldn't say this installment kind of grabbed me very much. It's just... Yeah, just more continuation. We find out that Darby Allen is going to face Joy Janelle next week. That's going to be insane. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's where we might get some kind of more assistance from Sting out there uh, protecting Darby because Team Taz weren't uh, weren't allowed in the building last night. So I think they'll definitely um, make their presence felt next week. But yeah, I, like, I enjoyed the Sting and, and Darby just, you know, being father and son hanging out stuff um <laughs> i think it, it's a good it, it's a good slow burn we've got a while to go before revolution so i know i like it how you and i have unofficially just said they're going to be father and son like that's what they yeah. are now that is the angle they are Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, but, I mean, you, you just said it. You just said the words out of my mouth. March 7th. 
that's like what five weeks no four weeks away I yeah think. so it's yeah. like yeah I, like, I, you know, I remember i was saying a few weeks ago like, oh, i'd like a little bit more but at the same time like i don't want sting to do anything really like physical mm -hmm. too much until the match like because you want to be yeah. like wow i want to see sting so i kind of have to ta you know taper my expectations um and i'm okay with yeah. it they have to fill these weeks as long as they keep building the story or chemistry between Derby and Sting that I'm I'm cool with it. And Derby's going to pick yeah. up the stuff, like you just said. You know, he's going to defend the title. That'll keep us ticking along nicely. I'm fine with it. It's like when Sting was signed and we found out he was going to be an actual week-to-week -week character, we were all wondering, how is that How is that going to work? And the answer was that they were just going to bring him out for short talking segments every week. And yeah. that would be it. <laughs> that's how that works yeah, Sting's here hey <laughs> oh, yeah pretty, pretty much uh, oh I've done Overdale starting tomorrow I'm going to be running an acronym game in the chat what's this you say I'm going to give you a wrestling related acronym and you're going to, have to come up with new words for the letters I welcome and uh, usher in your game Uptown Avondale I'm sure everyone <laughs> in the chat will appreciate that so get on board with the guy Uptown Avondale, make sure you do that. Uh, let's keep moving along. I just said Thunder Rosa Britt Baker. Uh, to mm -hmm. me, at the moment, so we also learned last night that Yuka Sakazaki is coming back, and I'm so excited. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I love her so much. Uh, so they, they're doing, obviously, the brackets to you know, the road to the title to Shida. There's going to be one in Japan and one in America. Uh, very excited to see this play out. Yuka is back. Uh, and also Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker and that, they're all on the American side too. Mm -hmm. But right now, in what they've got, and arguably even if they had everybody there, I thought Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker was probably the biggest female match that AEW could put on. Uh, yeah. they, I, I felt like they did a good job, Steph. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job as well. This is the match I was most excited for for this show. Um I, I wouldn't say it 100% lived up to my expectations. It was maybe about 80% there, but, you know, they can have another match down the line. But I thought it was very good. I think Thunder Rosa is, um, I, I don't want to say she's the, the best female wrestler in the world right now, but she's definitely up there and in the top five. I think she's incredible, and it's great that she has this platform. And Britt Baker, we haven't seen her wrestle much. We know how good she is in the mic, but I think she really showed what she could do last night as well. It was a very good match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, I mean, Britt is someone who we would have liked to have seen more, but obviously injuries have kind of halted that. Yeah. I, I feel like she would have been, like, the front face and center of, of their division had yeah. that been the case so it's cool to see them both in there and i don't think that's even that much of a stretch to say that rosa is probably you know within the top five you know it certainly like outside of wwe because you look at like there's probably two or three of them in that top five in wwe I, she might even be the best you know i know Gianna perazzo yeah like that, but she's definitely like in that conversation i don't know we've had yeah. this topic before i feel like and I'm not, I'm not trying to segue here. Like, Sasha Banks, I think, in ring, since she took the title from, from Bailey, has been, like, on an insane level. Like, she's pulled out probably the two best matches of Carmella's career. Uh, I don't... <clears throat> I'm interested to say this to you, though. I really don't like her promos at all right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like Sasha on the mic. And I think she's very good in the ring, but I don't think she's at the level of a Thunder Rosa, though, as well. Um... Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I, I put Thunder Rosa above Sasha. The only thing as well I'd say about this match is I don't think that they put it on at the right time because when it started, it was kind of like, oh, we're doing this now. I think it would have had a bigger match feel at the top of the second hour or something. The placement was just a bit strange for yeah. me. Do you think even leading it? I mean, I did like the kind of intensity that they've had over the weeks. Like, it felt like mm -hmm. it was going to be a scrap. It kind of played out like it was a scrap, which yeah. I liked. Um, but I agree with you. I feel like knowing the two talent in the ring, they probably could have hit a few notes higher. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a fair assessment, we'll say. But they, I still think they did well. I enjoyed it. So Yeah, definitely. I would very much like to see a second chapter, and I think that they have got that in their locker. So that's always a good thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Hangman Page was next uh, alongside yeah. Matt Hardy. Like, you know, Hangman Page is out here looking for friends um, <laughs> on a week-to-week -week basis. Uh, they took on Chaos Project, and unsurprisingly, Hardy and Page picked up the win over Sapentico and Luther. Um, after the match was kind of the story where Page is, you know, he was very tentative, but then he did raise Hardy's hand and Hardy flashed that kind of maniacal, manipulative look that he's very good mm -hmm. at. Um, we, uh, I mean, to me, the story of this whole match really is Page. Like, he's the, he's the yeah. main star. Uh, what do you think? Did it do, do a good job of just keeping him showcased, moving that, ticking that along? I think it was a good showcase for Paige, yeah, because he was absolutely the best competitor in the ring and he just feels like such a great star right now. I would, I'd argue with you in the comment, Paige is looking for friends. I think people are looking to be friends with Adam Paige. Um, I think he's not very receptive to it. I wouldn't be that receptive either if, if Matt Hardy was trying to cozy up to me. But I think that, yeah, it, it was good. I I was worried that they put him in a team with Matt Hardy, but I'm hoping that's a, a one and done connection there. Yeah, I I think he's going to have a few of these. Like I said, like where he's yeah. kind of like just drifting, but yeah, he's, but he's still the story, which I think is fine. Uh, yeah, because as long as they keep him busy, while. Uh, yeah, because eventually, again, I know that I said this earlier that it has to be Kenny and Kota, and obviously I'd love that. But the end yeah. goal for AEW in a concentrated, you know, in a vacuum has to be Paige and Kenny. For me, it has yeah. to be. It has uh, to be. Um, you know, Paige has to be the one that dethrones him. I, that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. No, I feel the same. And they do need to make sure that he's separate from Kenny. It was good that he didn't come out last week when the Dark Order were taking on Kenny. He has to be separate from it. And he has to be like that guy that's just trying to ignore what his ex is doing. That, that's how he has to be and not, not model everything else that's going on. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Just keep him busy, keep him ticking along, but keep doing good mm -hmm. stuff. And I think it'll all work out great. So, yeah, I've got no issue with that whatsoever. Uh, the wedding. Yeah. Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, do you want to run us down what we saw at the wedding? The wedding we saw, it was officiated by the Sinister Minister, James Mitchell. It's a nice little touch. Yeah. And they got married. Um, yeah, that kind of went off without a hitch, really. Yeah. They said I do. A, rare, a rarity in wrestling, right? <laughs> it happens so easy. Real rarity. Um, and then we had Miro, the best man, slash wrestling wedding expert, who um, used what he'd been through before to uh, make sure that there weren't, weren't any objections or any people from the past or secret lovers coming out. Um, and then he also 
well, he did not give a gift. Not only did he not throw a bachelor party, he didn't give a gift because the gift is Miro as the best man. He did destroy a box that was um, from Chuck Taylor because you can't trust him. There was nothing in the box, though. Yeah. Um, and Penelope ended up in a cake and Orange Cassidy came out. It was, um, it was fine. I mean, that's uh, really it. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I mean, that's, that's it. I, I uh, yeah. A lot of people thought it might be where Miro turns, but in actual mm. fact, it's kind of been the double down of best friends and I don't know, the gamer collective, I don't know what they're going to call themselves, Miro and Kip Sabian or whatever. Um, yeah. But it just seems to have been another instalment in that and one where best friends have kind of finally got one over Miro. So um, yeah. that seems to be the direction for now. I still think the turn has to happen at some point. Um, yeah. You know, but... I think for now. I feel, yeah, you know. I feel like this isn't what people uh, wanted or expect. I think they thought this would be Miro's kind of breakout moment to break away from this. Like he came in as the best man. Once the wedding's over, he could be Miro. But no, it's uh, Miro and Kip are from friends. Yeah, absolutely. And it would have been kind of poetic if he did break away at that point because yeah. it was because it was kind of like almost a. I don't want to call it a skid mark, but <laughs> like in his, WWE, <laughs> in his WWE career, it wasn't it wasn't one of his proudest moments, I'm sure. Uh, no. Or angles. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and really, before we obviously get to the main event, what's before that is Archer and Kingston going at it again. Um, I don't want to call it 50-50 booking, but Archer gets the win back. Uh, and it was obviously a, uh, what do you call it? A lumberjack match. Lumberjack. Mm-hmm. I... I pfft, I like I like both of them individually and I kind of like them beating the crap out of each other. I don't think it's like, you know, I'm sure there's um, quote-unquote like sexier matches technically and whatever on the card, but I, I, I'm mm-hmm. always there for two big dudes just going at it. Yeah, I, I do think they're really good opponents for, for each other. I think Archer, he's someone that just does seem to be a bit lost sometimes and, you know, drifting around and Kingston's kind of given him something to like properly sink his teeth into. But yeah, 50-50 booking. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a pay-per-view match with a stipulation. Um, maybe even a cage or something because they're, you know, they're two quite uh, animalistic guys. I think putting them in a, in a cage and that's a stipulation AW has certainly not worn out um, at all would be, yeah. be pretty cool. It's, yeah. a very good, it's a very good point on the match stipulation. Uh, really, obviously, the first one that runs to mind is just Cody and Wardlow because they set the bar yeah. so mm-hmm. ridiculously high. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, <laughs> somebody said, Daniel Marshall, I've never seen Kip Sabian out of the <laughs> in the same room. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, my friends. I don't know what to tell you. It's one of the biggest mysteries in wrestling right there. Uh, listen, I, I think to, to cut that off, Obviously, what we've talked about there, there's a lot of meat to the bone on Dynamite this week. That thing, that's what I like about Dynamite. Things move along. Um, yeah. But the show closer is really the, the be all and end all. And AEW have kind of nailed making significant things happen on these special shows, Steph. And I really think that's a great hallmark yeah. to have. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that doing, not doing um, 12 or however many pay-per-views it is WWE does a month and instead... You know, doing select pay-per-views and then these big dynamites is great, especially when you can deliver 
which they absolutely you know have with with this show um and yeah i just like that little that model and but even week to week you know dynamite they they end the show on something exciting but they've also already told you lots of you know exciting things that are happening the next week so it's always just built so built so well yeah, uh, I like this from Uptown Averdale. They should have made Kingston Archer a no DQ match and let them go. Well, now it's one all. I imagine the mm-hmm. rubber band, like Steph said, will be something like either a cage or maybe a last man standing, things of that nature where yeah. it, it could just get crazy and wild. Um, and I would like that. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know how controversial this is because he's really good heel, but in the way this is being portrayed, I could be wrong. But it's like Archer is the more... They're both heels, but Archer's probably leaning more to the sympathetic side with the, you know, Jake got attacked last week and all of that stuff. Um, I, I think Kingston, though, he could be a baby face without changing much because people just love yeah. him for who he is and what he does. That, yeah. uh, you know, you take away maybe some of the more vicious tendencies of him, but don't change the attitude. Don't change the work. I think he could work as a big baby face in AEW. Yeah, to me, Kingston is so... Um... Maybe not sympathetic, but endearing in a kind of like, like a bad guy TV character that, you know, does terrible things, but he's like doing them for his family and he's really sensitive. And, you know, that's the way that I see Kingston. I think he'll be a massive baby face when there's fans as well, because he's not had that moment in front of fans. And there's when the day that they get all their fans back, there's going to be a lot of fans that are Eddie Kingston pre AEW, you know, fans who really want to show him like that respect and give him that big moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Abnav says, Steph, what are your thoughts on my take that Jay White is the only wrestler who could turn MJF babyface? <laughs> Does that mean that Jay White's a bigger heel than MJF? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that. Jay White plays a better heel than MJF. Um, I don't know if he could turn MJF babyface because MJF is not endearing as a as a character. MJF is not endearing. He's no Eddie Kingston. I think that if Jay White and MJF had a feud, um, I think that Jay White would be would be the babyface because he deliver they he delivers being a heel in a more entertaining way than mjf is does mjf's very good but the stuff he he says and his delivery it's you know he's always kind of like looking down in the crowd in a way which you can't really get behind whereas jay is more like he's taking shots at the crowd and like wants to fight everyone but he doesn't have that that same kind of like snobbery that mjf has that makes him harder to cheer for so yeah I know what you mean. Being flipped, it's much easier to conceive Jay White. Um, like I think, I think like a lot of people lo- love MJF. Like obviously, if you know wrestling, you realise that he's kind of just fully immersed in the character. Yeah. I don't know. Like so, I think like from a talent and entertainment perspective, people love him. I'm still not sure though. It, to to the point you just made, exactly how you flip him, baby. Like. It would have to be pretty mm-hmm. carefully done because otherwise it would undo pretty much everything. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to some ultra chats that we've got waiting in the chamber. Uh, there's a few guys wanting to talk about AEW. But before I do that, uh, Mark Mullo, hey man, says, any more discussion about the merger today, guys? I mean, we, we talked about it pretty in depth 
uh, at the start of the show. And um, when I say in depth, I mean as much as we can possibly say. Dave Meltzer says it's a go. We know Tony Khan has been probably the most open-minded booker of the last ever. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just like, uh, hang on. You know, he, he's trying to make all these connections. He's been very open about that from the start on media calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's, he's open to collaboration. He's obviously a wrestling fan who likes those scenarios himself. So he's been lobbying for it. He was saying to Japan, to the tail end of last year, hey, you know, how about reciprocating some of that? So yeah. he's, he's been sending talent elsewhere. He's happy with that. And now it's a two-way street finally. And that can only be a great thing. So kudos and to all, And all we can do is fantasy book until we have any more information, really. Yeah. Uh, all we can do is sit back and just... Uh, fantasy book right now because at yeah. least we know they it, it these fantasies now we know can actually become a reality yeah i don't think they're gonna be running like shows side by side or maybe like full invasions or anything yeah. like that i just do think that now the door is open that the possibility mm-hmm. can happen and i think you'll see a couple more of those stories intertwined so that would be yeah that would be my hope uh let's get to the ultra chats first one is Mr. Bang Brains himself, Matthew McCoskey, uh, Alex and Steph. Here I am to say how much I loved the ending to Dynamite. I can't lie. When I say I marked the F out, it was so hard to keep my emotions in because I wasn't home alone. Uh, I have a spicy hot take. So this is going to be two parts. Number two. Uh, where are you? He's down here somewhere. But I, I don't know if it leads directly on. Oh, Drew's win is more emotional than Bianca's. Uh, second, two hot takes, I think. I love Bianca, okay. but I think, I think Sasha should retain at Mania this year. She is zero and five. Bianca can have her moment later on. Give a great match with a great story in the main event, and Sasha should win. I mean, first of all, let's let's start with the first part of that. Drew's win, I'm assuming you mean the mm-hmm. rubber win from the year prior, not yeah. being not beating Goldberg is more emotional than Bianca. I think that for fans that know Drew's story, there was a lot of emotion packed into that win, and WWE were quite explicit in telling his story um, to get everyone on board. So it was a big moment. I think for a lot of people on our side of the world, it was a big moment as well to see a guy from from Scotland achieve that. Uh, I think. Bianca's win was emotional as well, but maybe not in the way where we've been hit over the head with it. I think that there was it was more more subtle, personal to her and her journey, but also what she represents as a black female wrestler. That's very important, and it'll be extremely important if she has a big media match with Sasha Banks. So, yeah. as far as like who's more emotional, it, it's whatever your personal feeling is, like what you were affected by. Yeah, whatever resonates more. Like you know, like you just said, yeah. Bianca Blair winning that Black History Month, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. the, the climate of the world, it's all important. And Drew, like you just said, his journey kind of from fired to coming back. It's yeah. Listen, yeah. You're, you're not you're not wrong if you feel either way about that, if in my opinion.
Uh, yeah. The, the second part of that was should should Sasha beat Bianca? It, it wouldn't be the end of the world if she did, you know. Um, mm. These I, I find these always so difficult because like everyone last year was so furious that Charlotte Flair beat Rhea Ripley, and I never really was. I as long as I as long as you have an idea of where you're going, like and and this mm -hmm. is different though because Rhea Ripley, of course, was like 23 at the time. You're assuming there's going to be a lot more. You're assuming she's going to have a lot yeah. more chances down the road. You're assuming that yeah. she's going to get the win back. Thus far, she hasn't, right? And I like yeah. her picking in the Rumble, getting to the final two and, you know, playing a part and getting rid of Charlotte. I hope that's just not all the payback, by the way, but I still mm -hmm. like it. And you assume there'll be more for her. Bianca Belair is like eight years older than Rhea Ripley. She's fresh, but she's not like young. I mean, she's young. But you know what I'm trying to say. She's not as I know what you're trying to say. As young, so um, for her, there's no reason for her not to arrive now. Like I don't think. Yeah. I, I get what you mean in terms of legacy, but you know, Triple H has lost more than anyone at WrestleMania, and I don't think anyone really ever thinks about that. Uh, as long as the story's done right, I still think Bianca, uh, Sasha will flip in the process of this. I just. I just imagine that she'll be the heel going up against the baby face Bianca. Mm -hmm. Just make make Bianca would be my opinion. But at the same time, it wouldn't hurt Bianca to lose to Sasha Banks. Like I think sometimes too much gets made of that. As long as it's done right, it's all good. I say make Bianca. That's what I would do. Um, because uh, I'm just all about making new stars in yeah. WWE, which they're not about at all. Uh, so I say make Bianca because you do have a big star there in Sasha Banks, one of the biggest stars in the whole company, um, star of the Mandalorian, Sasha Banks. So I would make Bianca. But if she loses, it's it's not the end of her either. No, I mean, but, you know, you know what's interesting about that is you could you could have uh, Sasha lose. Let's say she goes 0-6 or maybe 0-5, whatever it is. And then when she comes back around to challenge for a title, whoever's holding the title could be like, you can't get it done at WrestleMania. And then that's another interesting narrative. Yeah. is the challenger. Yeah. I would think that's better. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just spitballing. But I do think that uh, it, I would, if, if if I had the pen, which is an insane thing to think about, uh, <laughs> I, I, would, I would have Bianca made. I just think the time's right. I really do. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. not going to hurt her. Not going to hurt Sasha at all. She's made. Yeah. She's a she's a legend already. She's not even thirty. You know, that's, isn't that amazing to think Bianca is older than Sasha, like by two or three years in that feud? Yeah, yeah. But they really, um, they they let younger women be elevated than they do men. There's a real imbalance in the in the aging of who they elevate in WWE for sure. Yeah, it's funny. Like we were saying about Damien Priest getting the rub backstage this week, and I likened yeah. it to Cena Taker back in the day. But Cena was like twenty five. Damien Priest was thirty eight. Uh, so, there but you have it. if Damien Priest was a woman, he'd be um, like a, a legends entry or treat it like Mickey James. Yeah. <laughs> No, less said about that. I love Mickey. Um, Me too. I love Mickey. You know that, that's funny as well. And I know I'm going off topic on a tangent here, but like we didn't even get like Finn Balor or AJ Styles until their like late 30s. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they were like mid to late 30s by the time we actually got a hold of them in WWE. And there's true value in having those talents, but you just need to have the other end of the scale represented too to 
bring yeah. out the best, really. And I feel like WWE have just loaded up on those seasoned workers, and it's kind of like, oh, like what now? Almost. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Mark. Hey, man. Uh, good day from Canada, Alex and Stephanie. Hello. How are you? I'm. I'm all. I'm good, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that Steph's good. My question today is, where is AEW going with a new merger with New Japan in 2021 and beyond? More importantly, why are they doing it? Have a good one. Bye for now, guys. Why would they not do it would be my answer to that. Um, and I and I said this earlier without going on too much. I think it just leads to more possibilities on pay-per-view down the road. Steph? Um, I think that they're doing it because it's absolutely the coolest thing to do. But I also think that they're doing it because they are going up against WWE and they know what their own branding is in the wrestling world. And I think that um, uh, their branding is kind of for more, like, shall we say, serious wrestling fans, um, people that less like the you know WWE style product. So I think that they're getting together all these other companies with New Japan being the best kind of company for technical wrestling and just building a massive wrestling monster to go stomp through Connecticut. Yeah, make the uh, it'll make the business about as hot as it could possibly be, to be yeah. honest. Uh, and also, I think they're doing it because Tony Khan is relentless. Uh, and he, <laughs> probably, he probably won't stop picking up the phone, I'm going to imagine. Um, Jared Thomas, good afternoon slash evening. I really hope this dissension between Bullet Club factions is a work. Come on. Uh, it would be incredible if they could divide and conquer the wrestling world. I submitted my application to join the Bullet Club. <laughs> Good luck to you, Jared, I say. Good luck to you, my friend. Uh, Steph, I would say I'm 99%, maybe even more than that, certain it is a work. Yeah, um, I'm certain it is a work. It's it's funny what this has done for, for Bullet Club because around the time of that, you know, Madison Square Garden show when Jay was leading Bullet Club, I heard a lot of people say that Bullet Club had just basically been around for too long and why do we still have a Bullet Club? This is why we still have a Bullet Club because there's so much history in that group that you can now do stuff like this, all these different offshoots, factions, former leaders, leaders, whatever. That's why we still have a Bullet Club. I've just looked at the time. We should probably talk NXT. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry guys uh time time gets away sometimes but to be fair in our defense although nxt put on like a, a solid wrestling show and obviously edge was there which we will talk about the dusty classic is kind of dominating things from the women and men's perspective so a lot of the card is based on that um so let me touch on the dusty classic first uh so first out of the game we got dakota kai and raquel gonzalez uh, I really hoped that, you know, Carter and, and Casey was going to be like the underdog tale for the you love You love Casey. <laughs> She's the greatest. I love her. Uh, I, I am so into her in-ring work. I, I love it. I just think there's no one like her, in my opinion. Like, you know, I, someone the other day was like, mm, Naomi. And I was like, yeah, Naomi's a flag, but come on. Like, the stuff Casey does is unbelievable. So, yeah, I've always wanted more for her. And I'd hoped <laughs> that there was going to be something great there. But, of course, Raquel and Dakota, they are probably the strongest two. Raquel is still mm -hmm. on that solo kind of blossom, I want to call it, yeah. at the moment as well. So, that makes the world of sense in that department. Uh 
I would say the right decision was made. Yeah, I mean, I am sad for you that your girl Casey Catanzaro didn't didn't advance. Uh, were you disappointed when she wasn't in the Rumble? It hurts. Um, yes, <laughs> and you know what? I saw the photo where she is with the women, and mm-hmm. from what I understand from like a lot of the women's stories now, that she was just helping put spots together, which is still very cool. Uh, that people yeah. were like, you know, involving her in that, and apparently she helps Naomi and Bianca do their thing at the beginning mm-hmm. of the match. Um, so that's cool that she's kind of held cool. hard, I guess. Like uh, that—that's probably a good thing moving forward. That's what I'm taking it as. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, Raquel and Dakota move along in that one, and then we had Austin Theory, Leon Ruff. I mean, Dexter Loomis showed up. To... <laughs> so Steph, do you, you know, I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but uh, it seems not like... at all. <laughs> Seems like Loomis and the Gargano way are, yeah, that's all you need to take away from that, pretty much. Um, we then had Lucha House Party and Legado del Fantasma. Low keep it on a banger, by the way. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. one of those where you look at the talent involved, and yeah, they might not be kind of red hot story wise or go, I mean, Legado del Fantasma, kind of hot. But um, the in ring action, awesome. You just. You know, I, 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 we have to accept at this point that Lucha House Party uh, are just going to be eating the L, aren't they? Yeah, always. But Fantasmo, I think, is one of the best talents on NXT. You know, he's a, uh, he's on the cruiserweight side, so he's not in that like me and mix, but he's awesome. Yeah, he absolutely is. Uh, and then we had Edge step into the NXT ring. Now, the very interesting thing here is that Pete Dunne had a promo calling out Finn. Right, mm-hmm. and that, that was kind of the where we're going with that. We know we're going to get that at the next uh pay per view. Uh, can't remember, is it Ven- which Ven- is called Vengeance Day, mm-hmm. but it's on Valentine's Day. Am I right? You are right, yeah. yeah. Wow, so, creative minds. Uh, mm-hmm. so obviously, Edge then comes out, and this is kind of the tease. You know, he's talking about how NXT is like the brand that maybe attracted him back to wrestling. Uh, you know as opposed to the main roster, like NXT was the one that really captured his imagination. He's teasing in a way that he might take on the winner of Dunn and Finn. And then he's seen other people backstage, notably Karrion Cross as well. So there was a lot to kind of sink your teeth into here, but it felt like everything that Edge did, and this is probably his mindset, Steph, he was just trying to make NXT and their talent kind of feel important. Do you know what I mean? He was trying to give them the rub. Yeah, you know, he was. Like, he's not going to be challenging for that NXT title at WrestleMania. That's a waste of, of Edge. I mean, uh, what? Uh, nothing against Edge, but why do we have to go through Edge winning a World Rumble if he was going to go down to NXT and do a match? Like, no. Um, but. <laughs> now, to be yeah. clear, Edge doesn't need to win a Rumble to turn up in NXT. Edge could do whatever no. he likes. Yeah, well, I mean, Edge didn't need to win a Rumble at all, let's be honest. But. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think this is just like a, a proper rating thing. I think this is where proper rating and Edge, what he wanted to do himself combined. So Edge said, can I go to NXT? And they'll say, they said, oh, proper rating. Yeah, go for it. Um, but it's a good little segment. I mean, if Edge is coming to have back to have like really great uh, wrestling matches, he's he's not going to be challenging Karrion Cross. So I'm a bit skeptical. <laughs> 
when I saw everyone, I saw everyone on Twitter going like, "Oh yes, please," and like the picture of Edge and Karen Cross, and I was like, <laughs> "Not really." Like that that does literally nothing for me. No, that does nothing for me either. <laughs> I hate to be the Karen Cross party people, but I just don't. It's not for me. Like I saw yeah. Randy on the other day uh, saying that, you know, when are you going to come up to the main roster on Twitter and that? And I was like, I mean, that's a cool thing to tweet, but also, do I want to watch Randy Orton carrying cross? I don't know if I do. So, no. Something has to change for me in the carrying cross presentation. Yeah. I won't get into it again. I've said it every week, but I, mm-hmm. I, it's just, it's not. It's not doing great things for me at the moment. Uh, then we move along to Tony Storm uh, and uh, Jesse Camilla. Now, of course, Io Shirai is the story here, being the champion Mercedes Martinez turning up. That's where we're heading, right? Um, with the triple threat. Did the job, I guess. Uh, Shirai was the one who ended up looking strong. Yeah, I mean, fine match. Keep sure I saw she's your champion. Yeah. I can't say that the women's title picture has been that exciting uh, recently. No. I, I Yeah, I do think that they're just kind of like moving. I, I still think Raquel is the direction they ultimately want to go in. So this is filler to get us mm-hmm. to main, Mania Weekend takeover. But Tony Storm and Shirai can definitely put on a match. And Mercedes, yeah. you know, Mercedes being the other dynamic there, ah, I'm fine with it. Like, I'll, I'll watch it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we had Kurt Stallion and Santos Escobar uh, going at it. And Karrion Cross came out and beat up Mendoza and Wild because he yeah. gave, you know, and then he gave Escobar a warning and told him to run along. I didn't Why see is Karrion messing with cruiserweights? I don't know. Just to keep him busy, okay. I assume. I really don't know. Right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, but yeah, you know, Kurt, Kurt Stallion though. I mean, he continues his his move and you know, move upwards and whatnot. Like, and I know they've put a bit of more of a feature on him in recent weeks. So, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. But the carrying cross thing felt a bit forced. I don't know. Could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the main event is as typically is with NXT was probably the best part of the show. Tim Thatcher, Tommaso Ciampa. That's a team I've really grown to like. Uh, I like them two individually. Anyway. So I was down and I think a lot of people saw it coming, Steph, that there's going to be dissension in the the ranks of Undisputed Era. And of course, it would be Champa who picked up the win with the Spike uh, DDT. Here we go. Undisputed Era are, are fallen by the wayside. Surely not already. Undisputed tension in Undisputed Era and, and something like that has been teased for what feels like a decade now, but it's probably not that long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I I really like a Thatcher and Champa as a team. I could actually I see them take taking this whole tournament now that Undisputed Era are alright. But I like their kind of uneasy, you know, we're rivals now friends and they really work well together. Yeah, I think they do. And I love their style um, as opponents and partners. I, I always, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. Like uh, rivals becoming tag teams or or, or tag yeah. teams that become rivals. I'm, I'm all into that stuff. Um, yeah. And it's interesting, obviously, they had the kind of brawl with Grizzled Young Vets. Uh, I, I could see Triple H putting it on Grizzled Young Vets. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're like they're like his tag team almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and I, uh, I, I really don't know how to how to pick it because I, I feel like maybe it's like a, uh, like the bruiserweight situation again with Champa and, um, Thatcher. That maybe you just run with that because they are kind of getting hot. It'd be easier to tell if there were crowds, but I do feel like there's yeah. interest. Yeah, though I think Grizzled Young Vets would be very hot with with crowds too. They would. Uh, there's just something about them that's really great. But it's a it's a hard one to call. But it's so we've got some good teams there. Yeah, I mean that's that's why it's great though. Let's get into. There's a lot of ultra chats here that we're gonna have to kind of roll roll through. Uh, Matty says, "Hey Alex, hey Steph, how are you? Are you feeling any better? No, I am not." Oh. I think you, I keep I keep trying to not breathe into the mic, like because I'm just so congested in this area uh, uh anyway steph what did you think of the rumble are you happy with the results random question who are your favorite ring announcers top five matty always like gets his money worth uh also what do you mean also did you see <laughs> alex and sp3's karaoke steph it was brilliant uh i, I don't know if she has seen sp3 and i Turning out some bump and grind. I don't know if she needs. I have not to. seen that. Yeah. <laughs> it's. it's uh, I, I would say I'll send it to you, Steph, but I won't put you through it. And uh, let's get your take on the rumbles and announcers. Okay, quick take on the rumble. The women's is better than the men's. Um, yes. I want it Bianca to win. Happy with that. Men's rumble. You can watch the show I did with Louis on Monday. Some controversial opinions dropped on that. I would not have given it to Edge. I would have used it to elevate someone, but they didn't even put anyone in the rumble that you could possibly elevate because it was just full of like the same old guys again and again and again. So wasn't wasn't a fan of the men's Royal Rumble. Women turned it out. Stop doing sexist stuff in women's Royal Rumble matches where you bring men out. I never want to see a man near a woman's Rumble match again. Yeah, I hated, I hated the uh, the twenty four seven stuff. I really did, and I thought the women's rumble was better. I loved it that Rhea and Bianca were the final two. Um, yeah, I've just, I've just remembered. I have the clip of SB three and I. Uh, I feel. Are you sure you haven't seen it, Steph? Go for it. Uh, I, I said it with uh, Louis a couple of weeks ago that I'm I'm with you. My heart is saying Big E, but my mind, my head. It's just saying Daniel Bryan. My body! <laughs> my body! <laughs> I, I did not think the way, you were the way you said it. Uh, oh, my God. But, yes. <laughs> my, my mind's <laughs> telling me big <laughs> But my body's <laughs> telling me yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's what okay, so I've seen that, and I thought that on the back of that, you then did karaoke no. because it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, somebody tried to get us to do sexy Kurt yesterday, and it just didn't work out. Really. <laughs> um, but yeah, terrible stuff, anyway. What was I going to say? Uh, he asked you another thing. Yeah, ring and uh, favorite and uh, ring announcers, man. I don't even know. If I, I don't even know if I have a top five. Um, Howard Finkel, I think. Yeah, probably one. I, like I did, and I like a main event, uh, Michael Buffer. But, oh wow! Yeah, yeah, Is, main event Buffer. 
Main event buffer. Um, let's get to some more ultra chats we've got down here. Uh, Chris Petru said yesterday, Alex, um, I hope you feel better, my friend. I always love listening to both you and SB3. Thank you both for all your hard work. Thank you, Chris. Sorry I didn't get around to that yesterday. I must have slipped through the net. Uh, WrestleScope says, wouldn't Edge have to make the decision within the next week? Elimination Chamber is in two weeks. Need time to build for those matches. I mean, storyline, he could say it the week before Mania if he wanted to. Yeah. If anything, yeah, I don't think... you, you'd want to see how the Elimination Chamber plays out, I guess, and then pick your opponent. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't think Edge is in any rush to make his decision. No, I think WWE are, uh, are trying to keep that in their back pocket as well, like the luster of him mm. picking. Um, what we got, Chris Petrue again. Hope you're better soon. Alex, my question for today is the following. Earlier today, Ollie suggested a USA Block A and a Japan Block B for this year's G1 Climax to get around travel issues. Could you see this happening? Thank you. Hashtag Wrestling Daily for, 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 for life. Um, <laughs> e, bro, yeah, it's, it's plausible, Steph. I mean, yeah, a lot of new, a lot of new Japan talent then though misses out on the G one, which is maybe an issue. Because how do you fill up all the? Do you know what I mean? How do you fill up all the blocks? Uh, yeah. And you look, you look how stacked both blocks were last year. Wow, um, but uh, it's conceivable and it's a good idea. Um, yeah, it's a good idea. I think though the G1 is so um, New Japan sacred that they because it was a big enough deal when they started the G1 in in America. Um, you know they had the first the first night of the G1 in in Texas was it uh, be long before COVID and it, that was enough of a like whoa but you know it's such a secret thing that I think that anything that they're gonna do with AEW they wouldn't mess with the g1 too much and yeah as we saw from last year's g1 they don't need any help filling those brackets no not at all and also like it's a big deal to have like a, a gaijin uh or a foreigner even be in the g1 let you know win it like yeah. the, to, to then just suddenly go oh, here's a whole block for it i it's a bit of a leap yeah. if you want to know how important the g1 is like carl anderson has his g1 dates tattooed on him and as he's, you know, he's stated he is not a mark for a WWE belt, but he was that enough a mark for G1 because G1 is is so important and, and prestigious. So, yeah, it'd be, be weird to uh, see the mess with it. Carl Anderson, I want to say he beat Omega in the G1. Is that I can't remember who he beat, but he, I think, maybe Omega. Or maybe it was Okada. I don't know. I feel like it was Omega, but I would have to look that up. Uh, Bo Hill says, I think Bullet Club is kind of like Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> um, at, I mean, less legal issues, I'm going to assume. At some point, everyone has been in the Bullet Club. Pretty sure there was a brief time I was in the Bullet Club. Maybe, Bo. I hope so, brother. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like outside of WWE, WCW is the most important faction in the history of wrestling, you could argue. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's the to me probably maybe the second most important infraction behind the NWO. I if anyone wanted to try to argue with me that DX is more important than Bullet Club, I, I'd completely fight them because Bullet Club, <laughs> Bullet Club did something to 
bring non-WWE wrestling to wider audience. Like Bullet Club got t-shirts and Hot Topic, like a, a, a Japanese wrestling company doing that. Everyone knows what Bullet Club is, even if they've never seen a New Japan match. So Bullet Club are just that name and that branding is so hugely important. Yeah, I am. Um... Like if someone was trying to say, like I wouldn't argue that point for one, but if someone was mm-hmm. like, oh, DX was bigger, I mean, even then it's an argument, but I could kind of go, oh, maybe, I guess the WWE machine, the height of their time, all of that good stuff. But I think when you, you said the right word, important, I do think Bullet Club, mm-hmm. very, very important, more important, in fact. Uh, what else? Oh, I'm telling Avondale with a bit of reference for us. He's like our Tempest. Machine Gun did beat Omega. There you go. I knew, I knew, I knew it happened somewhere. I was just a bit like, was it G One? Uh, so there you have it. And uh, what else? someone else said here, what's G One? Mark Mullo. Oh, Mark! Oh, please look it up. The G One Climax Tournament. New Japan have it every year in the summer. If there's no COVID, then you know they they have to jig the dates by. But yeah. it is a, a really great bracket tournament a block b block um it's awesome some of the best wrestlers in the world compete every year for the g1 it's like it's like a round robin that's the best way to describe it they have you know the blocks and then everyone faces everyone and then you get points and there's points Mm -hmm. it's but but like steph said the main crux of it all is that it literally is the best of the best facing each other you know Mm. uh, it's it's awesome i'm not even like a a weekly or whatever new japan guy but the g1 and wrestle kingdom I pay attention to, um, as you should too. Kunal three six four one says evening. Just a little game. Come on, man! It's five past nine. Uh, <laughs> can you can you place one faction into one promotion? Promotions are Raw, SD, NXT, AEW, Impact, and New Japan. The factions that must be pushed to the moon <laughs> are Westlife. Uh, take that, Backstreet Boys, Boys to Men. Boy zone and one direction. I mean my answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> He's paid his money is the problem. Um I'm I, I'm gonna try this for you. Okay. And it's gonna be awful. Do you know what? Take that <clears throat> sorry. Take that or in there. I loved early take that. First two first two albums take that. They're serious. I will I will I will go to bat. For early take that um where am i gonna put them though like uh, this makes no sense um but i want to give AEW something cool like pr- not on that list <laughs> this is what i mean i'm like i'm trying hard but you're, you're you're killing it for me here um it's it's impossible boys to men by the way i love them i love boys to men in their prime I'm an R&B connoisseur. Uh, One Direction, maybe, for AEW because of how big they were? I don't know. I really don't. It's a very hard question. I I can't help you. I'm not a boy band person or a pop person. Uh, I, I, I can't help you at all. Yeah, I mean, you know... Take, you know, Backstreet Boys at one point were huge. I, I mean, I'm moving away from this. I tried. Uh, up down Avondale, fancy booking. Hiromu... Uh, Takahashi versus Ray Phoenix, Will Ospreay versus G.O.D. versus Butcher and the Blade, Shingo Takagi versus Brian Cage, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Cody Rhodes. Have fun 
We've done. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I like Tanahashi and Cody. That would be Tanahashi and Cody. It'd be a real uh, emotional baby face match. It'd be very good. Yeah, I mean, like I think we said this earlier. You could do any amount of combinations and not be wrong. Like you, you yeah. It's it's one of them. Like if, if New Japan and AEW muck this up somehow, they'd they'd have to go out <laughs> of their way to muck it up. Yeah, they really yeah. would. Like so, Pentico versus the Great Okan. I don't even know what they would do <laughs> to muck it up. But there you go. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably still watch that. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I would. <laughs> yeah. As I said it, I thought, actually, you know what? Uh, anyway, thank you so much, guys. Before we wrap it up today, as usual, Steph Chase, you can find her over at YouTube. She's been doing some great stuff pre-AEW shows uh, thus yeah. far. She has a whole lineup going on. Steph, tell the fine people what you're up to and where they can find you. Yeah, so on last night on YouTube, I did a live stream before Dynamite. That was really fun. Um, then Friday nights, I always do my AW Weekly Show where I talk about everything that's happened in AW that week, break down Dynamite. And I've also just launched um, a Patreon where I'll be making more AW content. So if you want to support that, just mm. it's patreon.com. For us, Stephanie Chase, you can be either a Hot Take fan, Miss Dynamite, or a VIP chaser. <laughs> oh wow there's tears to this stuff <laughs> there's hey, tears making moves i love it you and you are you still twitching talk to me about that is that happening yeah i still do some twitch um mainly use it to, to dual stream my aw weekly but i'm definitely going to be getting back on the gaming because there is a game that i really want to play on twitch all wrestling uh, all wrestling, mm. all I all I do is wrestling. I don't sit listening to boy bands. It's all wrestling. It's all wrestling. <laughs> she, 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 she doesn't soak in Maiden Take That albums like I do. It's just wrestling. It's just uh, wrestling. Yeah, delightful stuff, Shades. Uh, thank you so much, Steph, once again for your hard work on these Thursday editions. It's uh, there'll be nobody better for the Wednesday Night Wars. So thank you once again, Steph. Guys, check out thank her you. great stuff. And you can catch me again if I don't pass away in the night through this terrible illness. Don't uh, say I, that! I know! <laughs> I'm not getting better, Steph. I'm like... Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm like declining by the day. I don't know what's going on. I really don't. Um, there you go. Lots of this. Lots of this and sleep. So, <laughs> yeah, I will see you tomorrow at 8 o'clock. I'm going to promise it. Um... And we will close out the week with Louis Dangor. But you can see Steph next Thursday, unless she fills in for me again. And I will see you <laughs> tomorrow. Bye, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.